We're ready. Good morning. Welcome back to the pod. Matt Kim, Peter Saddington. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? We are season two, episode two. Is that right? That is exactly where we are. And for people who are unaware, this is the second episode we are also uploading to X. Yes, the X. Which is interesting interesting to say it that way. Do you like that? It's really hard for me to get used to it. I don't I think I think this was one of the worst rebranding efforts of all time. I thought calling it well, when they first called Twitter, I didn't know what Twitter was. It was a weird kind of odd name. Mm. And then you got used to tweets and retweets. And I thought that they did a really good job of branding that. And to take that out, what are you gonna call it now? An X? That's that's the thing, is that people are still saying it's tweeted. And on your Twitters, it says repost now instead of retweet. Yep, that's right. Repost. And it's so, it's not the same. Well, yeah, because repost is what every other competitor uses as their vernacular. Retweet is can only be applied to Twitter. So for, for Elon Musk to almost genericize, mm. make generic this platform, I thought was a really bad move. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to X and re-X? It's... And, and, and let's be honest. If you're a boomer or if you're, let's just say, even a millennial, like X, if you think about X, it usually you think about like not safe for work. Yeah, like porn. Or, you know, <laughs> prawn, right? Prawn, something like this. So I, I, I don't know where his mind was at, but clearly he has a method and he has a strategy that is far beyond you and I. And I want to get back to Elon and Twitter. But first, if you're new to the pod, welcome. Welcome, welcome, everybody. We are the Matt Kim podcast with my special co-host, Peter Saddington, <laughs> who is amazing. We and, <laughs> and we are in a brand new studio. We are still under construction. But if you guys watched last week, we've made a little bit of changes, mm-hmm. getting a little bit better. Finally got the TV in, which makes it feel like home. It does. It does. And, and, we're, and we're tweeting, by the way, little, little pictures or videos of the build out. So make sure that you check out Twitter. Instagram as well. We have a, a little bit of behind the scenes that's going on. So if you'd like to see the build, hit us up on the Instagrams or the Twitters. Yeah. Right now we are uploading on YouTube, mm. Spotify, Apple Podcasts without the video because they mm. don't do that. And now X. X. Yes. Yes. And we don't have any sponsors. Not yet. We don't really <laughs> have any revenue. So if you want to support the pod. Definitely click one of the links. Um, there is a way to donate if you'd like to and help out the cause. It's we almost a, it's it. almost it's almost a nice place to be to say that we're not making any money because then no one could ever blame us or put us in a in a bucket of like you guys are trying to pilfer the the masses or you're trying to take advantage of people. It's like, well, you you only really take advantage if you're making money. <laughs> and, and the other side is, I can't believe we're not taking the money. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is that is another that is though though we had an event happen. Just this past weekend where money was grabbed. Mm, Mm. mm. So this past weekend was my daughter's one-year birthday. Yes. It was a (laughs) wonderful celebration, a wonderful party, a wonderful birthday. In Korean, they call it a dol. And if it's your first child, they call it a chat dol, meaning the first dol. Dol meaning one year. And we did a dol chanchi, which is basically... Um, a one-year birthday party for your child. And in Korean culture, they do it big. Oh, yeah, big time, right? This is a huge, like, cultural thing. Correct, because historically, babies in Korea didn't live to a year. 
So just the fact that you survived a year, they would do a huge celebration. And it was yeah. amazing. So yeah. many people showed up. I think we had 75, 80 people there. Yeah, family and friends, great food. Just it was an amazing time. And my wife crushed it. She did. She did such a phenomenal and job. So <laughs> Good job, Tay. <laughs> and uh, we did something called a toljabi, which is basically you put the one-year-old child in front of a variety of items. Mm. And you have them choose one item and it's supposed to signify what they're going to pursue in life as a career or lifestyle. Right. And you had more than usual. Usually I see like three or four, but you guys had like six. We like options. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us what were the six options that uh, could have been chosen here? Well, there was a gavel to signify law, mm. judge, lawyer, whatever. A stethoscope yep. for medicine. There was a paintbrush for art. There was money. Mm -hmm. There was... Golf ball. A golf ball. <laughs> that was my favorite, bro. And we did it at the golf course, at the golf club. And a lot of our golfing friends were also there. Mm -hmm. And she went beeline straight for the golf ball <laughs> and picked it up. And the whole place erupted. Dude, it was almost like a viral <laughs> video where it was just like everyone's in anticipation, anticipation, anticipation. And then like... <sighs> Oh my! Even and I took video of this too, and even I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> Grab the the golf ball, but I had to believe Matt that there was some type of gamification going on because she was pretty laser focused on that ball from moment one. So I'm an avid golfer. I love golf, and leading up to the event, I told my wife, "I'm going to start giving her a golf ball and give her a treat every time <laughs> that she touches a golf ball." That was my idea in my head, and my wife said, "No." then you'd be cheating the system. Mm. We aren't, we're not cheaters, <laughs> so you got to be fair. I said, fine. I'll just take her to the golf course every week. Every week. <laughs> but there was no shenanigans going mm, on. Fair enough. And she just knows that I love golf, my daughter. That's what I feel. Oh. She knew it. She wanted to make daddy proud. Could have been one of those moments. And she went straight for the golf ball, picked it up, and everyone went crazy. And I put that clip on Instagram. I think it's at close to a million views. I mean, you can see you can see the the absolutely natural pride of Matt puffing out his chest. He was like, Yeah, baby, what's up? You know, she picked the golf ball. It was just, it was absolute just I lo just loved every moment of it. I mean, you can hear it in my voice. It was it was a really special. But moment. then she went for round two. She did. And my wife, um, she went, we put her down. They usually do it one or two times. And on the second time, my wife goes, you got to do it again. And she picked up the money and she jingled it. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on, back up, back up. She kind of went for the stethoscope. She did. She did pick up the stethoscope. Put it down. And then put it down. Yeah. And then went over to the money. And picked up the money. So if I'm thinking about the combination of these two ideas, she's going to go into golfing and she's going to make mad money. Your future is secure, Matt. You've done it. I'm feeling very good today. You've done it. You've done it. You've done it. <laughs> so extremely happy, extremely proud. Uh, we've talked about our children on this podcast to, to great lengths. Yeah. We love our kids. Everything we do is for our children. Mm. And just share together these small moments. It's so special. And she was so cute and that humble. Yeah, she was absolutely adorable. Yeah, I just she? wanted to like just like <laughs> nibble. I want to nom nom on those cheeks, man. 
And she was going around uh, bowing to all the oh, guests, which is just the cutest thing video, ever. We got video of her bowing. Oh, so cute. Dead gone, bro. All right. Yeah. I mean, even my wife was, we had we had conversations afterwards, Matt. She was like, I could maybe do number three. I was like, mm, mm. <laughs> not a lot. No, another no, child. No, no, not happening. Not happening. So I'm like, if you're out there, not happening. Number three, not happening. As much as you like Joa. So that's the positive of this week. And then we had a negative yesterday. <laughs> La- last week, on last week's episode, I spoke about how as soon as Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, Donnie, my friend, as soon as Donnie top retruthed, eagle. Top Eagle, as soon as Top Eagle Donnie retruthed one of my clips, my wife was involved in, in a rear-ended accident yes very small she's completely fine it was just a little bump and we said oh the clinton's move fast (laughs) which i thought was so apropos absolutely they do move fast they know so this week with all the kind of virality of these political type clips because we are not a political show Mm. we are a life show Mm. we are a social show in the process of having our show, we also touch on politics, especially because it's such a huge part of our lives. Politics are part of life. And especially because the indictment has come to our backyard. So we focus on it a little bit more than normal. As we started putting more political clips up, just the craziest thing happened yesterday. (laughs) My neighbor calls me and he's like, there's a maniac in our neighborhood. You need to be inside. And get your family inside. Mm. I was not home. He was I hanging was, out with me and and Will out here at the podcast studio. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, dude, if you're not home, you need to get home now. I'm like, all right. So I jump in my car. I grab my gun. I load it up. Because I never know. And I, the whole time I'm driving home, I'm like, damn, am I going to have to shoot someone today? I mean, these are things you're thinking about. At the same time, I am driving 100 miles an hour to get home. We get there and there's police everywhere and everything. I was like, oh my gosh, these Clintons do not give up. (laughs) (laughs) They're in his neighborhood now, guys. They're in his neighborhood. They know too much. So it was a really weird, odd day. Um, Don't want to talk too much about it because, you know. There was a guy that was, that let's just say, had a a screw loose and he Mm. was wrecking some havoc in the local neighborhoods. Correct. And uh, fortunately, everyone is safe. Mm. Everyone is good. My wife has now a lot of damage to her car. And Emotional <laughs> well, that, well, that, well that, that's, that's the connection, is that she got in a car accident right after we start, We got retruthed by, you know, King Eagle, uh, Top Eagle, uh, Donald Trump, and the connection is uh, your wife's car got more damage from this guy who's got a, little, a screw loose uh, just the other day. Correct, and now i got to figure out how to get this fixed and uh, fixing cars these days. It takes forever. I, oh, I was about to. I was about to ask. Like, I'm wondering if you could get all of it fixed from the first. What did you already send in all, all the pictures and all no, that stuff? No, I didn't do it. The first was like a tap, oh, so it was like just a little scratch. Right. Not a big deal. But you at guys all. went through the police stuff, or no? We filed it. We did not go through insurance yet because uh-huh. it was so small. Was... I was just waiting for I don't know maybe go to a collision shop and just have them touch up paint or whatever. Yeah, not yeah, a big yeah. deal. Um, but this one. It is a little bit bigger, and probably car is going to be out of commission for a couple months. It's crazy, though, man. 
Like the 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 amount of stories because I'm in, I'm still deep in the car world. So the amount of stories I hear from how long cars are in shops these days, and not just because it's an exotic, but just regular cars being in the shop these days. Number one, and number two, that they can't find parts or parts are hard to come by. And so I'm hearing these these stories more and more, Matt. And it makes it doesn't make me concerned, but it certainly is much different from let's just say three, four, five mm -hmm. years ago when parts were more a plenty. Right, and so even in the the car chats that I have now, when people are talking about, oh, I gotta take my or bring my car into the shop, everyone's always just like, oh man, like good luck, enjoy your car in ninety days plus, right? So my wife is probably gonna have to move to a minivan now. Something we've been talking about. Ooh, can we I talk about that for just a second? I want one. Really? They're awesome. They're emasculating. I mean, I'm not driving it. Although, <laughs> although when we go on long They're trips, I probably will be. I mean, I, let, let, let me be fair. The Toyota, like vans, like you're you're drive you're floating on air. Yes. Like, like they are super comfortable, and they have all if you have kids, they have all the amenities you want. Mm -hmm. So like, peace. I get it, but dude, you're driving a fucking van though. I'm okay with that. I've come just, to terms with certain <laughs> things in my life now, and um, I don't know. Doesn't bother me anymore. Okay. I'm embracing. Van life. No, that sounds like to me small penis energy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited for our hopeful new minivan. Uh, I just I don't know if I could agree with you there, man. Like my my <laughs> wife and I, we both, and I, I think this was a really powerful moment in our marriage. We both agreed that we would just never go down that route. We yeah. just both we and, and, and it, it, I think it really just stems from the fact that both my wife and I just think minivans are just not fucking cool. I thought so they're just too. not cool. And, and then, okay, yeah, we're dealing with optics here, uh -huh. Peter. You know, you're you're in your forties. Why do you care about what what's cool? It's like, actually, it does affect me. I don't want to be driving no van. I'm I sorry, man. So excited to drive my van. <laughs> okay. I am so okay with it. I'm so comfortable with my own masculinity, and things like this no longer bother me whatsoever. Clearly, Matt has uh, matured far beyond me because I just can't get over. It. I I can't get over it. I get I get it. Like we've driven minivans on road trips and and rental cars, and they're a they are absolutely amazing for what they're made for. But gum at the end of it, dude, like can you picture picture yourself third person looking in through the windows at yourself as you're driving the, this you know Toyota Sienna? Like yes, it's just small penis energy, bro. With with my. <laughs> With my daughter and hopefully future second child with our dogs. And our dogs can just kind of walk mm -hmm. right in, which is nice. Fair our, enough. Because our Labrador is 13 years old. So trying to put her into the trunk of a car mm -hmm. is not easy. And Fair she can't enough. jump in anymore. So to have a low step where she can almost walk in. I don't know. Family man. Does, does Tay have any opinions about it? Or is she cool with it? She was adamantly against it for the longest time because she didn't want to be the minivan mom and she has her porsche and she feels really good about <laughs> it and it's really cute and all the other girls and all other moms at jim Bree are like oh yeah we love your car but as we start doing trips as we going back and forth to my parents house um as we take our dogs a lot of places it makes sense I guess so. I'm still not convinced. Small but sacrifices. I'm glad that you're doing it so that I can vicariously live th through your experiences and make fun of you at the same time. And my <laughs> minivan will be gangster. I will put a system in it. 
I'm gonna put some wheels on it. Okay. I'm gonna make it the coolest van okay. ever. Well, I'm gonna have some fun with the minivan. All right. Well, you kind of had my interest. Now you have my attention. If you're gonna be doing a little bit of modifications on it, then yeah, I can see that. We gotta build. You know, some of the coolest vans I will concede come out of Japan. Mm. You know, they put on rims on it, they drop yeah. it, they lower it, right? They slam it, and it, you know, they put amazing sound systems on it. They even put like aero on it. Uh huh. You could go that route. I remember in a you Fast Arrow. and Furious, Lil Bow Wow shows That's up. That's right. <laughs> with, with, the Hulk. Hulk, with the Hulk, the green <laughs> yeah. minivan with the big, like, fist right on the yeah. back. I could see you doing that. Well, well, we'll have some fun with it. Maybe. That's when he turns on, what are you driving? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry, guys. So, in the news, President Trump is coming to Georgia. Absolutely. And every time he shows up here, it is a mess. Yes. And we always hear reports of uh, 85 or 285 or 75 shutting down for the motorcade and all that stuff. Yeah, it's quite a scene. I wonder if he's going to fly into Lawrenceville because when he does, when he flies private into Lawrenceville, then I can see the helicopter. Mm. Helicopter, was it? The barricade, the helicopter group. I can see them fly right over me. Mm. So that's always interesting because from the top, we can see all the helicopters fly by, which is kind of cool. So we've seen some news transpire. So what is, we talked about this a little bit in the previous podcast. Is there any new news about this or is he just going through the motions now and he's going to show up and they're truly going to be taking his mugshot and, and jailing him potentially? Because I keep hearing this. I have, well... They set a $200,000 bond. Totally doable for Trump. And they are processing at Fulton County Jail. <laughs> I did some digging into Fulton County Jail last night. Mm. That place is horrible. Is it? I wouldn't know. So, It is <laughs> one of the worst poorly run jails really? in the country. Interesting. So what I found out is that during, they have a huge overpopulation problem. They have a bug infest infestation problem. Mm. They have a health and humanitarian problem. They have a malnourishment problem. And there are inmates that are waiting indictment that have been there for over three months. Really? Something like almost 500. That, that doesn't sound right. Are sitting there uncharged in jail for over three months. That sounds like Guantanamo Bay, man. So this is one of the most poorly run, poorly run jails and poorly run DA offices in the country. Mm. How do you have people in jail for three months with no charges? And mm. one of the worst dangerous jails in America. It sounds unconstitutional. It's disgusting. There's no due process. You're just held held without any... They're just like, we're going to hold you. Like, for what? We'll let you know. <laughs> it's like, what? In, in 2020, they realized that the jail was getting overpopulated, mm. that they had a problem. So they tried to pass a legisl legislation to spend $21 million to expand the housing. Mm -hmm. Because of the defund the police movement at that time, they chose not to mm. spend the money. We're seeing the repercussions of these mm -hmm. types of policies nationwide now, as we're seeing a lot of mayors and governors all over America put their foot in their mouth, and they're actually asking for more police support these days. Fascinating how how uh, 
especially around the immigrant issue, right? Mm -hmm. So they're all about defund the police, defund the police, give them less support. Then we throw them all the immigrants, all the migrants, all the people that are looking for asylum. All of and all most of them are generally about 18 to 32 years of age, male. mostly male, of fighting age and working age. And we send them to these sanctuary cities where they wanted to defund the police. And the irony, which is just it's so juicy, it just tastes so good when you watch it, <laughs> is the irony is on these governors and mayors are like, We need more help. We can't deal with all these immigrants and migrants and stuff. And it's like, well, you voted for this. Mm. You chose this route now. And so the question is, is what are we gonna do about it? So they tried to do this whole improve the jails. Mm. It didn't work out. Now there's a huge humanitarian problem there. Three or four months ago, they had a new proposal to build a brand new Fulton County Jail. Oh, really? $1.7 billion is what they want to, to spend. To build a jail. To build a new brand new jail. They want to raise $1.7 billion. I don't know what it takes to build a jail, but I cannot conceive that it takes... Over a billion dollars to 1. build a jail. Seven billion. So just crazy. And seven billion dollars. So they've been throwing around the idea of increasing property taxes in Fulton County, within Atlanta, increasing sales tax within no. Atlanta in order to fund this jail. Because where are they going to get one point seven billion dollars for? They don't have this allocated for them. Well, Fulton County is clearly the richest county in all of Georgia. Hmm. So they got all the money, right? Hmm. Oh come on! One point seven just, billion seems like a terrible. This seems like a waterfall of terrible decisions. Correct. So basically, the northern suburbs will cover the cost of this entire jail. That's that's exactly where I was going with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the richer areas of Fulton County are going to be the ones flitting the bill for this. Correct. Amazing. So this is a proposal that they had, and in the meantime, three or four weeks ago, in Fulton County. Two inmates died within a two-week period. Mm -hmm. I think something like 30 or 40 inmates died last year while being held. Mm. And some of them died without even being charged. The DOJ decides, do you know what? This is too many deaths. We need to go down to Fulton County Jail and investigate. Oh. That was July 13th of this year. Okay. The DOJ, the DOJ shows up at Fulton County Jail. And all of a sudden, two weeks later... We're indicting Trump. We need to raise money. DOJ shows up, and now, boom. Hmm. Trump this indictment. almost sounds like a marketing play hmm. where it's like you guys need help, and you're, the, the solutions to the, the problems that you have is to tax people more. That never goes well. Mm -hmm. How can we bring more optics to this where we can get fundraisers and sponsors and advertisers and people that like us, right, support us, mostly Democrats, uh, to send us money so that we can leverage that money to improve this situation here. Seems like something a consultant would say. You know, a consultant would go in and say, hey, look, guys, you have a problem here. Your solutions aren't working out. Mm -hmm. How can we bring in money to support this and be a solution but also bring lots of optics to it? Ah, Donald J. Trump. Mm -hmm. That guy's a magnet for money. Maybe we can leverage him some way. So now maybe I'm putting my tin hat on. Mm. But let's I be, don't think there's any tin hat here. Let's be honest. I mean, these the, the 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 things that are happening in broad daylight now, it's almost impossible to say that it's like a conspiracy because it's in front of you. Like it's happening. Like, One of the most poorly run 
dilapidated jails in the country that needs to raise a ridiculous amount of money mm. all of a sudden becomes the number one trending jail in the country. Yeah, and that I, I'm loving the DA mm. who all the, you see all those <laughs> <laughs> hanging out the club. Bottle name? service. Fanny? Fanny. 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 I'm just loving. I'm just loving all the vid- the videos and the, and the pictures coming out of Fanny hanging. She's ba- she's what what what's it called? She's a basically a groupie. Yeah. 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 So like she's hanging out with all these rappers, all these influencers, all these mega stars, all these celebrities, and like one or two pictures, you're like, hey, you know, it's a social social event. It makes sense that you get a picture with that celebrity, mm-hmm. but the slew. And the amount of pictures sh- that that we have of Fanny hanging out with these rappers, who let's just be intellectually honest for a second, aren't usually let's just say the uh, the best personalities and best characters to emulate. Mm. You know, probably not the best people to be around. But there's this pattern of her hanging out, and she's always looking so chummy with them. Man, it's like she's, it's almost like, it's almost like she might have hooked up with them or something. I don't know. <laughs> what do I know? And all this time. <laughs> She's spending hanging out at the club, mm-hmm. hanging out with these celebrities, and doing her thing thing. Her thing thing. <laughs> she doesn't have time to even give charges to the people who are sitting in that jail for months at a time. It's bullshit. She's popping bottles, brother. Priorities, baby. And people that are waiting charge are dying in that jail. So do you think this, do you think this really is a cover? For the of how poorly run the institutions are, is that they're bringing in this money in this Trump spotlight so that they can kind of glaze over the real issues and use that money to improve the issue? Or do you think at the end of the day this is just more political pumping from Fannie for her next you know term or whatever? I mean, Fulton County and the city of Atlanta has been extremely poorly run for a long time. Oh yeah, no everyone doubt. in Georgia knows this. Yes. That Georgia as a state is phenomenal. Fulton County has not been doing the best job. From the pipe miraculously bursting on election night mm-hmm. that ended up being a leak in a bathroom, mm-hmm. but they had to evacuate everyone for. From that happening to um, during the B- summer of BLM, of them riding in front of CNN. Bro. Peaceful protests. Don't get it twisted. I can't believe they weren't rioting. CNN they were stuck up for them <laughs> when they were literally trying to break in to CNN. Yeah, they were breaking CNN stuff, but it's peaceful, bro. How crazy is that? Is that there are literally people at their door breaking in the windows, trying to break into the facility. The CNN reporters are scared out of their mind. Yeah. And still, like, oh, but it's peaceful. Yeah, exactly. Because the narrative and the narrative and the mind control is far more powerful than reality. Mm. Because these reporters could look outside their windows of the CNN building and seeing them smashing stuff, throwing trash, spray painting, breaking stuff, and still turn away from the window and, and talk to each other and say, it's peaceful. It's all good, bro. Like, we're, they're on our side. Like, the amount of insanity is absolutely astounding. It's, it, it's, it's beyond compare. They need to figure out how to get Atlanta back together. They need to figure out how to do it better because they are embarrassing the state. So let me ask you a very simple question. When was the last time you went to the world of Coke? Mm. Well, let me, 
just okay, let me ask you another question before you answer. When was the last time you visited Atlanta underground? Ooh, I'm not going there. But back in the 90s, it was awesome. It was safe. It was amazing to yes. go to. I mean, all of downtown, the world of Coke, the the when that when the um the sea what's it called? The Sea World Aquarium. Aquarium came in, right? Underground Atlanta was the fucking jam. I remember going there and just feeling safe, having lots of fun, lots of people just like walking up and down the streets. But now you wouldn't be going to underground Atlanta. They royally messed that place oh, up. They just it's unfortunate because it. it's such a cool place, such a cool idea yeah. to build in like the city underground where everyone can go and all they had the little shops and mom and pop shops and little knickknack stores and clothing stores and little cute restaurants. Yep. It was such a cool place. Super cool. And they just totally... And the reason why I bring that up is for every Atlantean who's been in Atlanta for at least a couple decades, like, it is fundamentally clear. Atlanta is not on the up and up. Mm. It has slowly been deteriorating, and underground Atlanta is, in my opinion, is probably one of the best examples of that deterioration encapsulated in one location that everybody used to love to go to, but now feel unsafe to go to. And the rest of Georgia is doing phenomenal. Mm. Everyone wants to move to Georgia. Especially the uh, the outside the perimeter, for the sure. North, northeastern suburbs, you can't keep people away. Mm -mm. From L.A., Chicago, New York, it's nonstop. That's right. Can't even buy a house. It's the, it's, it's the usual trope of the max mass exodus out of the city into the into the sprawl, as well as people moving in from out of state to Georgia, um, out of the city. It's absolutely land prices are skyrocketing. There's a lot of investment happening in the outside the perimeter of Atlanta. It's a it's it's happening. It's growing. And Will is giving me the look. Stop talking about Georgia. <laughs> He's Will, trying to buy a house. Will, you and people to, just keep you just, on coming. You just need to lower your you lower your standards, Will. You need There's to, nowhere you, else you to, to go okay, right now. You need to be okay with a duplex. <laughs> so Trump coming to Georgia, it's coming on from what I've seen online. He's coming on Thursday. Let me ask you, what do you think is going to happen? So he's coming on Thursday. He's going to, from all intents and purposes, sounds like he's going to be getting a, a real mugshot and the whole nine. But what do you think is going to be the end of the story here? I don't know. Because when he went down to do this in Miami, mm. they had, you know, like a protest and rally outside organized by several local people. Mm -hmm. And I think they're doing the same here, except I don't know if I'd really want to be hanging out and rallying in front of Fulton County Jail. It's not in the best area. Probably not the best place. It's not like downtown Miami, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like if you're yeah. thinking about coming, I mean... I. I just, I just, I just. I don't hope, highly recommend it. I just hope that we don't get into a peaceful protests, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. We don't need any more damage. We don't need any more nefarious acts. We don't need any more negativity in Georgia, especially in this election cycle. So, I, I, I feel like a whole, this is going to end up being a nothing burger. But at the end of the day, though, it is fundamentally clear that they are trying to stop this man. Mm. Now we can create conjecture and say that they're trying to stop him from running. For president, but even with this th stuff happening, he can still run for president. Correct. So I'm confused as to what the outcome is supposed to be. What's what's the goal? Because he could still run for president even if he's behind bars. Yes. Technically. He could actually run for president 
while in jail. Exactly. Which is crazy. Which you kind of, it's the whole trope. You kind of don't want to turn the prophet into a martyr because then the martyr becomes bigger than the prophet. They become an idea, right? And at this point in the election cycle, he is more pro- he is more popular now than he was at the similar time in 16 and 20. So someone could make an equation and say the more arrows you shoot at this guy, Donald Trump, the stronger he gets. It's so weird. It's weird, right? Yeah. Because usually people get broken down over time and they end up fizzling out, which you and I could name a thousand online influencers. We've seen that happen where they get cuts, you know, they death by a thousand cuts. Mm. But it seems like Donald Trump, he just kind of like gains power. He's like the Hulk. The more that you make him mad, the more his power grows. It's a really interesting dynamic. Teflon Don. (laughs) (laughs) Teflon Don. So if they get a mugshot of Trump, that T-shirt will be the most sold and purchased T-shirt in the history of all T-shirts, I think. I'm not political, but you know what? If someone handed me a mugshot of Trump on a white T-shirt, I would wear it. I, I would wear it. I would totally buy one. We, I don't know. Actually, buy one. we may have to make our own. I would buy it. Well, if, if you buy it, then I'll, I'll, I'll give you money so that we can wear this mugshot <laughs> shirt on the, on the podcast together. I mean, just, just the idea of it is just so fun in a weird, odd way. Yeah, almost, yeah, almost in like a non sequitur Dilbert esque world. It's almost like there's this clip of Tiger Woods going to play a round of golf somewhere, and he's at a tournament. And there's a guy wearing a T-shirt with Tiger Woods with his mugshot on it. <laughs> and Tiger Woods looks at it and he kind of smirks because he saw it and he knows it's kind of funny. Yeah. And that clip went viral. Uh, I remember that. I remember that. And it's almost that similar moment, except it's even bigger. Yeah. yeah. Can, you, can you imagine an entire crowd of people with, with, Trump <laughs> face, with Trump's mugshot on their, on their shirts, man? That would be an amazing sight. Because I think the people that avidly support Trump, they don't care at all. Mm. If anything, it just energizes them more. Oh, yeah. This just doesn't deter them. And people that are kind of on the fence, that are considered centered, that are considered more apolitical, they see the bullshit going on. Mm. And like, mm, I like, they remember what it was like 2019, mm. 2018, 2017. And like, it actually wasn't that bad. It's better than it is now. Yeah. Other than the media telling us we're divided, people were actually getting along pretty good. The economy was good. Yeah. People felt like they had more money. Mm -hmm. People were spending, enjoying life a little bit more. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, you know, Donald Trump's going to get elected and it's the end of the world. And they're like, kind of wasn't. Kind of wasn't. Actually, kind of got better. Yeah. We actually didn't do as much war stuff that we usually do. It seems like there was a more upbeat atmosphere that things were actually getting done. He did build partially the wall, so mm. he actually delivered on some of those promises that he made. And, and 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 again, guys, remember for everyone listening out there, out of the two of us, I'm less political than Matt. So I'm just telling you my observations of what, what this Trump businessman did mm-hmm. during his four years. Uh, and, and I thought it was overall positive. I mean, let's, let's just take a very intellectually honest view on one point positive versus negative atmosphere if you put trump against biden it would be you would you would have to really dig deep into your soul to find reason and rationale to say that 
it is people are generally more positive under Biden than Trump. I think it's I think it's you'd be a liar to be able, if you were to say that because it is fundamentally clear that we now live in a more negative environment politically than we did under Trump. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. And so if we just look at that, Trump was more positive than Biden. Period. Full stop. Can I vote for that? I'd rather vote for positive life, positive experiences, positive culture, positive good feeling and juju that's happening in this amazing country that we have, as opposed to seeing Biden on CNN with dark black and red background (laughs) as he's and with the camera facing upwards, literally looking like a dictator like that does not arouse interest, intrigue or excitement. It almost feels like I'm being ruled by some sort of communist dictator. Was that imagery intentional? Of course it was, dude. It's all planned. Of course it was. Who decided that that would be a good idea? Somebody, somebody, the higher-ups are saying, this is the message we need to portray. And, you know, forget Fox News, forget, you know, all the, the political pundits who will look at this and say, clearly it looks like he's Hitler. That's by design. They want that to happen. They want that to be the imagery. They want Biden. To, this right here. I, I don't know if you guys can see it on the stream, but I mean, <laughs> we have we have Joe, and he, you know he goes through bouts, right, where he's like positive, then yeah. he's sleepy, and then he's angry. Hmm. This was his angry face. They actually no, he, I'm sorry, he has actors, right? So this was this was his um his replacement actor, who was just doing angry face um in front of the White House. Did you? Well, let me let me send you this clip real quick. So for, while, while uh, Matt's looking that up, for everybody out there, uh, smash the like button, subscribe, retweet, refollow, let everybody know about the Matt Kim podcast, and leave a comment because we're talking about Donald Trump, the president, uh, the uh, former president, and we're talking about him coming to Georgia, potentially getting arrested, mugshot, the full nine. Let us know your thoughts as to whether this is going to affect the election uh, and and what you guys think is going to be the outcome of this. I'd really love to see what the comments are for those that have lasted this long in the podcast. Uh, let us know your comments. Let us know. So Joe Biden recently went to Maui. <laughs> I, I know. And first, there's a barricade of people basically saying, fuck you, Joe Biden. There was a lot of middle fingers a showing up. A lot of that going on. Yep. People were not happy he was there. People don't want him there. They were like, oh, finally he shows up after vacation, after the beach, after everything else. And he gave a little speech. Here's a clip from the speech. Can can we pull that up, Will? Is this the one where he talked about his Corvette being on fire or something like that? Yeah, see if we can get this on. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday. And lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not on a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, (laughs) and my cat. But all kidding aside, I watched the firefighters, the way they responded. You know, there's an old expression. Where's this guy going? I grew up right across the street from a fire hall. This guy is so tone deaf. 
it's 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 almost impossible for someone to be this tone deaf. Uh, it, they're so tone deaf, it almost seems like they're purposefully this tone deaf. Like, so a little you, bit of context. You cannot be this obtuse. The fire that he mentions with lightning at his house. Fact check. <laughs> it was basically create a small kitchen fire. <laughs> and they had it out almost immediately. And there was no danger. He's going to compare that to him worrying about potentially a kitchen fire damaging his Corvette and his cat. He's going to compare that to the death of thousands in in Maui. Still people missing. Mostly children. Hundreds missing. People losing their homes, displaced. And he's going to compare his experience of a Corvette and a cat to the death of thousands still missing children and he's going to compare those two like they're like somehow close in danger yeah like they're somehow similar experience Mm. he has no fucking idea what's going on in the world no and he has no compassion for the people that he represents and it's disgusting well they say actions speak louder than words and so we did a little bit of paper napkin math a couple episodes ago of Ukraine versus Hawaii. I've seen some extra numbers. And he gave households. Households could have several people. Households, 700 bucks. So you can have four people in that household, 700 bucks. He gave the people of Ukraine, if you, if you break it down, the last number that I saw was about $3,100 per person. Mm. Like... Actions speak louder than words, Matt. Like, you can talk all the shit that you want, but at the end of the day, what you do and how you exact your principles, your values out in the world, best example, your children, how you reveal who you are is through what you do. And what this man has done in just two occasions uh, surrounding this Hawaii stuff is he gave them 700 bucks per household, which means I don't give a fuck about you. And these types of actions and words where he's showing up late and he's talking about these obtuse things that he's clearly exaggerating the depth and and issue of. Like, it was just a kitchen fire, right, from what I read. So, like, he really doesn't care about Hawaiians. Kind of like what Kanye West said about Bush, that, you know, Bush doesn't care about black people. There should be a Hawaiian that shows up on a video that says Biden doesn't care about Hawaiians. I mean, I think they showed up pretty big to show how they felt about what's going on. And if you think about how much money that they're going to give to Hawaiians that were in, impacted by this hurricane. <laughs> Imagine how much it costs for him to get his entire Secret Service detail flown over there, be there for the time that they are. I'm going to say that the amount of money he spent to be there for a day is equivalent or more or more than the money he's actually giving the people which there. Which is about $2 million. Which is crazy, right? And how do we not know who's missing? It's been two weeks. They say over 1,000 missing, Yep. but we don't know their names. How do you not know their names? People have said, hey, I'm missing so-and-so. There is a list of exactly who is now missing. Yes. They know who they are. They know their name. They know their age. Yes. Why are they saying we don't know who they are? Maybe it's because they don't want you to know how many people are missing. Now, why would they not want 
us to know how many people are missing, especially children. Why do you think that is? Probably because it's children. And they told all the kids to go home, close the schools, told them to stay home. All their parents are at work. So are you saying it's a shame issue? The shame that they let all these children die? I don't know. Or okay. are these children really missing and they didn't get burned up? Oh. We now live in a Jim Caviezel world, don't we? We live in a Jim, Jim, Jim Caviezel world where we are now, and there's more movies than Jim's movie, that are coming out exposing the multi-billion dollar industry of child trafficking. Hmm. Maybe we don't, maybe they don't want us to know these kids are actually missing. They didn't burn, but are just really missing. Do we need a hat for this one? I just, I just, that just came to me right now. So I don't know. I just, that was just came to me. I mean, it makes sense. I haven't logically until now. Yeah, logically. I mean, I could see, I could see the angle. I don't think it's that far out there. So, so but we, we because also, they've said specifically they are missing. We have also a plant, the police chief, which c- c- come on guys, come on guys. If you have half a brain, this has to be odd to you. If I am, let's say, I am a senior director at a company here in Georgia, and and a major catastrophe happens in my company in Georgia. Major catastrophe happens, you know, people move on two years later. Another major catastrophe happens in Kentucky. And lo and behold, where is that major catastrophe surround? The same company that I was at, but I'm transferred from Georgia to Kentucky. And now I'm the leader during another disaster in the same company, just different state. Mm. So that seems a little bit odd that I would be part of a catastrophe in Georgia and then be part of a catastrophe in Kentucky. It almost seems like I was maybe part of that catastrophe. So let's 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 get to context. We have the Las Vegas shooting, which happened years ago. Some people have forgotten that we still have no resolution. Nope. How did one guy carry all these weapons and ammunition all the way up to the floor, up to the whatever floor it was? And of course, all the cameras were off, so we don't know who this is. And conveniently, so, conveniently, and the amount of rate of fire and the amount of people that died, it is statistically and physically impossible for one man to carry out all this. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so who was the police chief over the Vegas shootings? It was this guy who is now the police chief over the Hawaii fires two years later. How does a police chief move from Vegas to Hawaii? How is that like? How does that make any sense? He's just an unlucky guy. I mean, just okay. So, I think for for those who have half a brain, you're kind of tracking with me a little bit here. We have a guy who is part of a conspiracy, which we still have no resolution. Kind of like the Tennessee Tennessee shooter with the manifesto that shot up all that that church, which we, we haven't seen yet. We still don't have any resolution to. I'm surprised this guy John, who's the police chief, isn't also over the Tennessee as well. But if he did, it would make sense. And, but now he's over this whole Maui thing, and he's stonewalling everybody. Nobody get, can get information about who's died, who's missing. They've created a 12-mile perimeter around the area so no news can get in and actually see what's going on. Like, this seems like a staged event to me, Matt, and I'm just looking at it from an ignorant outsider who knows nothing. And the last time I was in Hawaii was probably about 24 months ago. So what do I know? But it just seems really odd that a major position in government, police chief, was in Vegas, no resolution. Now we have Hawaii, probably no resolution either. 
it's really a depressing tra- trajectory, Matt. And I feel like we're going to get no resolution. And it sucks. It does. It. I feel bad for all the people that are affected oh, yeah. by this, that are victims of things that are just completely out of their control and that the federal government and their response is so poor, so slow. They just ask for more money. They give it to all these other situations that don't actually help. Yeah. They'll give it to the hotels. They'll give the money to the, to the, you know, all the, all the service companies and big conglomerates that are going to rebuild there. I'm surprised you didn't show the video of, of Biden falling asleep. Did you see that? Mm -mm. So he was in a press conference or maybe a gathering, maybe Will, you can find that, but uh, in Hawaii, and they have video of him literally falling asleep <laughs> on this crowd of Hawaiians that are asking for help. I mean, you know, there is a time difference. <laughs> you know, you know, past nap nap time. Yeah, you have to be. You have to wonder about his handlers. His handlers must be thinking, okay, look, Sleepy Joe is naturally going to fall asleep on anything that we do. But if I give him this crack, this cocaine, then they he's lost gonna, it. Yeah, you know, but yeah, but but you have to understand. You have you have to have to think about the pressure that his handlers have. His handlers have like, okay, what's worse in this situation, falling asleep or giving him crack, and then he becomes angry, Joe? Mm. Like, which one do I want? Like, what's better, Matt, Sleepy Joe or Angry Joe? They're just upset because <laughs> they dropped the sack. <laughs> and they're still looking forward to this day. More cameras in the White House than any other place, but we don't know. Well, actually, they do know, which is crazy. They admitted oh, to us. They won million. They know, know who it is. They've known day one, but they're not going to tell us. Known day one. This is re- for them to lie to you. It's just another lie. It's so stupid. They knew immediately. So, do you, Matt? Do you feel like we've hit a point truly where it's just not possible anymore to believe anything that's coming out of any type of government? official channels i feel like are we at that point like we it's just like i can no longer believe you it's just i want to believe you and i want to be a good citizen but i just can't because you guys are so bad at lying i feel like if we catch a government (gasps) official especially a federal higher up position if you are caught deliberately lying to the american people you should be imprisoned well we let me let me count the ways. How many how many officials under this current Biden administration have been caught literally lying about Trump collusion, Russia, 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 Hunter Biden laptop, Hillary's emails, like Benghazi. I could go on and on, guys. I've lived right. I mean, this is all tra- transpired under this regime where clearly they're just lying to our faces and they get away with it. There is no justice system. There's a multi-tier justice system. You and I aren't a part of it. Lock them up. You think so? I mean, I think if you are caught deliberately lying, knowingly lying to the American people as a person, as a elected, public servant, yeah. as a public servant, as elected public servant from the people, and if you are caught lying deliberately, unknowingly, I can understand that. If we can find out that you knowingly lied, because at least it's a start, if you were knowingly lying for your own personal gain or benefit or to push your own agenda, you should be locked up. And once you lock up enough people, they're going to stop doing it. You think so? I mean, those guys don't want to get locked up. They're scared of shit. Yeah. They hide behind power. They have no power on their own. They are such weak people. No doubt. 
I don't disagree with you. And you put a little bit of pressure on them, I think they cave real fast. I just think the entire apparatus is against all of us. And since that entire apparatus supports the politicians, there's, it's just there's no way that that's ever going to happen. We're never going to lock up these 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 lifetime serving the public, you know, uh, servants in politics. This is never going to happen. We have people like Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and all these and 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 these people that are uh, what's the lady uh, the, the the zombie lady Diane Feinstein. Diane Feinstein. Who like, her daughter is now making her decisions, which is crazy because her daughter even, is not elected. Yeah, she's not even cogent enough to make decisions. Mm. I mean, we literally, it's, 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 it, we have these politicians that are holding on to power into their 70s and 80s. And in the fascinating, I saw a meme, which was completely true, is that 99.9% .9 of all companies will not hire you if you're in your 70s or 80s because your mental capacity your capabilities, your flexibility and problem solving, your agility, as well as the fact that you are a physical risk because you could fall over and break your hip. Like, that's a reason why those types of people who are looking for employment, they're just door handlers or they're mm -hmm. just hanging out at the, you know, front of a Target or, or Walmart because they don't want them doing anything strenuous or, or, or crazy. So we see from the public and private markets that if you're in your 70s or 80s, you're, it's, you're not really that effective at doing your job, and we really keep them to remedial or very simple functions. But in politics, every the average age is like 72 years old. Although, what the hell? Although I am reminded of this movie that I thought was so cute called The Intern oh. with Robert De Niro. I know what you're talking about. Where he was this. displaced and he was fired. And he came back as Anne Hathaway's intern. Yeah, that's right. And it was kind of a chick flicky movie, but I thought it was really cute. And uh, I don't know. And you're like, okay, like some guys have experienced that they are wise, that they are just have to be put into their situations that benefit them. And I think that's all people. Oh, yeah. Finding the right fit for you, your oh, personality, yeah. your experience. Yeah. There are people in charge that have no experience garnering them the power that they have. Mm. For example, we have Mayor Pete Buttigieg, <laughs> who is our transportation secretary that has no history experience at all dealing in transportation. Mm -hmm. Why are people that have no experience in certain industry given in put in charge of said industries? I don't get it. Why is that a thing? Well, because they tow the party line. Why can we not put people that have experience in an industry to work for an industry? Because that makes more sense. No, that no, it doesn't make sense because you're a racist. Oh, yeah, right. Misogynist. You're a misogynist <laughs> and you're a racist. The, the reason why we had to put Pete into the Transportation Authority is because he's partially Mohican. And happy. And he's actually... Yeah, he's he's actually a gay lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we needed we needed diversity in that particular role because only a person of of color would understand how the transportation systems work. Mm. Right? Makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense to me. So, <laughs> as a final topic, and I didn't want to leave with this because I don't want to get kicked off with X. Oh really? That's uh, oh we're leaving it to the end because we're most hiding it at the end. Most people don't last this long. We're hiding okay, it at the end. We're okay, hiding okay. this at the all end. Right, all right. 
What do you think about Elon? What Elon is doing on Twitter X, at first I thought was amazing. Mm. The idea of bringing the public town square back to the internet, mm-hmm. where free speech can thrive, mm. where people can argue different ideas to let the best ideas rise to the top. Yes, that was that was the marketing. That was rhetoric. Yep, that was the promise we were sold. We are not there any longer. You think so? I don't think so. Tell me why. Whatever Elon agrees with are the ideas that get naturally pushed to the top. If he engages in an idea, that is the idea that goes trending. Mm. He has ultimate say in what Twitter talks about. Yes. He is the largest account, most followed account. And when he says, I like this idea in one way, shape, or form... That is the idea that's retweeted a million times. Mm. That's what everyone talks about. Mm. He's driving the messaging. And he really tried hard to drive and push Ron DeSantis. Mm. Didn't work out. So now people that are anti-Ron DeSantis and pro-Trump are getting shadow banned. Interesting. Mm. People that are disagreeing with Elon's ideas are even though they are monetized, are losing advertising. Mm. And there was an idea of that, okay, everyone gets to get monetized now, but it's based on the amount of replies that you get. Mm. So in order to get more replies, you want to say the most triggering, triggering controversial ideas out there in order to get more divisive reaction because that's what pays. We went from a platform to share interesting ideas to let great ideas grow to now, you want to make money, you got to just say the craziest, stupidest shit. So you're saying essentially that Elon Musk taking over Twitter and rebranding it to X is essentially just more of the same. We've just swapped overlords. That's all that happened It's more of the same. Yeah. Except the previous installment was very left-leaning mm-hmm. it has been proven in senate hearings and judicial hearings that they did manipulate um let's oh, that's not the right word they influenced mm. elections they influenced public opinion they influenced people's accounts and they did shadow ban so this is clear this is documented this is proven elon musk takes over twitter rebrands it to x you're just saying we've moved to the polar opposite. It's the same. It's the same thing. It's just not left leaning. It's more right leaning. Is what I you're don't saying. think it's or more, more right. centrist. I don't think so. Okay. I think it's going more left again. Really? Yeah, definitely. It's the conservative accounts that are losing their advertising. It's the conservative mm-hmm. accounts that are getting shadow banned again. Mm-hmm. It's going back to exactly where we started. Really? I think so. You think so? I think we were sold. A bag of goods. A, we were sold a bill of goods on what Twitter would, the new Twitter would be like. And as we add all these features, it's almost going back to exactly where it started. So, proving it's not easy to run this type of company. No doubt. I don't know if it was intentional. I don't, I'm not saying he's an evil overlord. I don't know that yet. I think the jury's still out for me. Mm. But we are trending into the direction of where it used to be. So, so we were in 
I, I agree with you here, is that we were clearly communicated to that Elon taking over Twitter uh, was going to be more fair and equitable as truly the town square. Mm-hmm. Here's, I think, where some of the rub comes in, is that when you buy the town square, is it still the town square? I think that is, the uh, I think, a very very powerful point to, to sit on for a second is if you own the town square, then is it really a town square or is it just, a, is it just a, just a, a projection of your worldview, your, 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 your world that you want to see uh, the world that you want to grow. And so it actually under the guise of being public square, it really isn't. It's just his playground. Is that what you're saying? I think if he truly wanted to have an unbiased town square, where ideas can compete and rise, mm. then he should remove himself from the mm. conversation because that would make it more fair. But then where, then where, if he were to act in the persona, not as the overlord or owner of the town square, but just a regular Joe user of a free-to-use platform called X, where would he be then? So you're saying if you were to own the town square... Part of that responsibility is that you don't participate? Correct. Mm, that's interesting. Remove his bias, remove his extra power that he gives to his own ideas, mm. and then it would truly be an open market. Hmm. How about this? Instead of removing himself, could he, and recusing himself from the platform that he has all the right in the world to use, he bought it, right? What if he were to be ultra-clinical with his his messaging where it's only like business focused, no politics, no retweeting, no reposting where it's like, Oh, there's a political agenda. There's a political model or ideology in there. It's only like we're updating GitHub and we're pushing out the latest updates next week, Friday, you should get new notifications and the new feature, like being super clinical about just the business shit. But just like every other company, they would have a marketing person and a PR person that handles that for him. Mm. There's no reason for him to give those responses. Mm. There's already people within all of his organizations that do that. But he's, let me let me counter. He's also promoting, which I've seen, is that he's saying more CEOs of companies should be on Twitter mm-hmm. promoting their ideology, their marketing, their voice, right? And so I think he's, I think for him, He's in a position where he clearly has huge influence. Like whatever he touches in that that application gets uh, highlighted and promoted. If he were to be flooded with, let's just say, the top 50 CEOs of the Fortune 500 companies and they start flooding their Twitters, actually being active, talking about stuff, then it would kind of drown out that power. So maybe that's where he wants to go is he wants to invite other powerful CEOs of companies to lend their voice to Twitter, which is hard because so many of them are left leaning and they don't want to have anything to do with Twitter. Maybe that's maybe that is his way of evening out the score a little bit because he does have a lot of power right now. He is not CEO of Twitter any longer. Mm, well, that's true. he is not CEO of Tesla. There are people that are in charge of those organizations that can speak on those organizations' behalf. He is just currently overlord. Mm. And I think right now Twitter is becoming the overlord's playground. So let's extrapolate out to the future because I'm curious, Matt. Do you think Twitter's going to survive? I think it's becoming the same echo chamber that it was once before. Mm. 
I don't see a debate of ideas. I see people all retweet each other in the same circle on the same issue inside. And I see the other side do the same thing amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. I've never seen someone come from one side to the other and go, hmm, that's an interesting idea. You don't see that, especially yeah. on Twitter. Twitter's not the place for that. No, it is just a magnification of your own ideas amongst yourselves. And I think if that's what it's become and that's where it is currently, I don't see how it survives because it that's what works. And once you put a monetization on that model, it's just going to amplify it even more. Mm. Why would you ever try to say something that is debated? Because debate gets the least views. Mm. Arguments and fighting and blaming gets the most Reactions. views. Exactly. Yeah. And because of the way the monetization structure is made, there's no incentive to have honest, real conversation. Mm. And, 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 and I will give you... I will give you more credit here, Matt, because for those who don't know, I've been on Twitter for over a decade plus, like almost a decade and a half. And so I am maybe have blinders on in some areas of Twitter because I use it so heavily. I don't use it in the normal way. For me, Twitter actually is a documentation of things that I care about, which is why people be like, why are you talking about racing here? And then you're talking about Bitcoin here. And then you're doing archery here. And then you're talking about like, self-motivation of how to wake up in the morning like it's so random it's because for me twitter is my place for documenting my history and if you don't like it don't heart it Hmm. you know i've never been interested in growing followers in that regard but i think the con this context is important for those listeners out there you are relatively new to twitter yeah so this your color commentary here is actually very fresh Hmm. because you don't have a lot of history and let's say baggage i went through all the ups and downs of twitter through censorship, through bullshit, through shadow banning, through not l- clearly and with evidence showing that my shit ain't showing up on, like, gone through it all the gamut here. For you coming in, and by the way, subsequently blowing up on Twitter, because hmm. you got like 50,000 plus now uh, followers, you have to see Twitter, even though you're giving color commentary to, to this, you have to give a little bit of props to Twitter because you've had some success there so far. Yeah, I mean... I think just like every other economy, there are good people out there in the world. Mm. And I put my message out there because I think there are people that can relate to it. However, I've noticed that it just gets shared or reposted because we don't say retweet anymore. Mm -hmm. It gets reshared amongst the same circle of people constantly. Mm -hmm. And all their tweets go amongst the same circle of people. Mm -hmm. And it's it's just a big circle jerk. Echo chamber, yeah. And I don't think that's the best way to do it. I think at least on Instagram, we get people that are completely on the other side Mm. come in and go, hmm, interesting. That's different. I didn't think about that. You don't get that on Twitter, really. You know what? You You actually just had a light bulb go off in my head. Instagram is about pictures. That's the original intent. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anyone who would, that you could ping on the street and say, hey, is Instagram a political application? Mm-hmm. They probably look at you and be like, no, I, I look at car pics or I look at, you know, boobies or, I, you know, I look at whatever. Like, this is my matrix. Boobies. Boobies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think if you were to ask a random person who uses Twitter and say, hey, is Twitter a political platform? They'd be like, maybe they'd give it a thought and say, yeah, pretty much is. So w- the light bulb that went off in my head is, is that Instagram 
well, we clearly know that there's different marketing, different, you know, personas, there's different incentives and motive motivation for people to use Instagram versus Twitter. But if I could bifurcate it in a very simple two different buckets, it would be Twitter's political, Instagram's more social. Mm. Like truly social. Mm -hmm. Because the amount of comments that I read on Instagram, your posts, sometimes they're not even comments. It's like an entire story. Mm -hmm. It's like nine paragraphs. Like perfectly indented <laughs> like some of these guys like right real story but you will never see that on twitter mm -mm. and i mean i'm enjoying twitter because you know sometimes you can control posts you control other things yeah. and you can say snarky things and you can do it really quickly so there's something fun about it i get it i think i personally enjoy instagram better mm. i feel like i get more real interaction mm. with people much more like real normal people mm. whereas twitter i'm engaging with other twitterers Maybe that is the issue with Twitter, is that regardless of the overlord who owns Twitter, it has already been categorized as a political platform. And because of that moniker, because of that fact, that model, that Twitter is is just daggomit, whether you like it or not, it's a political platform. You, I don't think any overlord will ever be able to get out from under that. It's just like, bro, new owner, same shit. Right, political bullshit echo chambers is what you're talking about. I and think. the app is a little quirky. It's not as polished as Instagram. It's not like so, like I mean, Instagram has significantly more users. The right? latest it's been update around longer. It's been bigger. Um, there's more resources that go into it. Their funding is in much bigger mm. than Twitter. So I get that Instagram as a as an app, just out of pure functionality, works better. Oh yeah. Right. The latest update to Twitter, if I can say, when I scroll and the bottom, the bar, like disappears and I can't fucking find it. Oh, that's who, so annoying. Who isn't made it? that decision? It's so annoying. Who made that decision to be like, let's some sometimes uh, hide the bottom nav bar? It's like, no, I want to scroll. And then I scroll up, I scroll down, then it appears. It's like, dude, that that was. If you click on a reply, then you got to figure out how to scroll up exactly. in order to see what they're replying to. It's so non-intuitive. Who thought of that shit? That's so, so stupid. They got a little bit of way to go. And I think the more people that use it, they will. But because they're trying to make so many changes so fast that we just constantly run a glitch, they have not handled the bot problem, oh. which we were told that that was a big thing. And the prawn problem. And the porn problem is out of control. If someone leaves a comment, I'm like, huh, I wonder who clicked it. I showed up, and it's fucking gay sex. I'm like, what the hell? Oh, is that what they serve to you? I did not. Oh, I didn't know he was like that. Okay, they just serve big black Ds to me. I did not expect <laughs> Do not to run into that. <laughs> it's one of those things where there is no warning before no. you run into porn on Twitter. There's not even an RU18. It's Nothing. just like, blammo! And what's even crazier is that if I try to hit, if I hit the monetization in my Twitter, one of the things that I have not checked off yet is over you, eighteen. Over eighteen. Yeah. Mm. So according to That's Twitter, you're not willing to give me your birthday yet. No, but I paid for the verification, so they have it. Oh, they just yeah, it's yeah. a glitch. But according to Twitter, I am not eighteen. So you shouldn't have a, a, yet, a ability to see that stuff. I get flooded with random porn all the damn time, not in the feed, in profiles. Yeah. Yeah. Why is there no not safe for work that shows up? Why is there no warning? Why do I have to just run into porn? Yes. And and sometimes, and sometimes, yeah, I, I, I'm just going to, I don't, it is what it is. I'll just speak from experience. Sometimes when you click on it, I mean, it is like 
full on hardcore shit. Yeah, like, not not just like a naked boobies. Yeah, not that. Not, I mean, we're not, talking a, not a side like, boob or nipple, guys. Mm, we're, we're talking like full blown like gay sex porn. Yeah, and it's not like the conservative porn. No, usually it's like angry porn, like angry shit. <laughs> like, 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 that's the best way I can say it, Will. <laughs> well, conservative porn is like regular conservative missionary style. Yeah, just living a cowgirl. <laughs> yeah, just a little. Just they're having sex, right? They're making the beast with two backs. Your mom would appreciate that comment. Um, no, that's a that's a biblical comment. Don't make the beast with two backs. Okay. Anyway, um, no, it's like it's not conservative, yeah. normal missionary style stuff. No it's warning. Like, it's like blamo. These people are clearly angry, and this thing that they're touching is like really looks like it's red and chafed, and looks like it's in a lot of pain. <laughs> there is no it's warning. Just the one time I looked at, it, I was know? like, "Holy shit, that, that looks angry!" Like you guys look like it's this is getting moving into the like hurting. You guys are hurting each other. <laughs> I get like you know messages or DMs on Twitter, and I'll click. I'm like, I wonder who's sending me this message. I click. I'm like, damn, what the fuck? I was not ready for that. Yeah, and I could have been anywhere. I could have been out in public, and I open up my phone, I click on a profile in my DM, and it's just porn. Yeah. Well, then you'd been like the you'd be like the Japanese guys on the Japanese subways. They're they need just to all, they're all looking at porn on the subways. They need to figure that out, dude. And no, until they can figure that out, I can't take the platform overly seriously. It's interesting. You made that's a, it's that's such a, a very big val- problem. That's a very valid point. And they say they're doing point. this or doing this. We're gonna monetize people. We're gonna. A lot of podcasts, we're in a long, long form. They're doing all these things, but they can't fix the glaring issue, which is I don't want to see unexpected porn. And it's such a simple fix. You know, and the fact they're not shows they are not serious. You make a really good point. Like, you could actually die on that hill. Mm-hmm. You could say, unless you fix the porn problem, this app is useless to me. Like, seriously, like, I, if you, someone were to come with me with that argument, I'd be like, fair. Fair. You should never use Twitter unless they figure out this blatant issue. Right. Of all the social media platforms out there, if you had to rank them of what you would allow your children on, Twitter would be the last one I would allow my kid on. Yeah, because I have never been abruptly interrupted in my scrolling on even TikTok, which can be sometimes softcore a little bit. But, or for certainly Instagram. I've mm. never been shocked on Instagram, scrolling, scrolling. What the hell is this? Yeah. Twitter, uh, you could you could be shocked. Yeah. Of all the platforms, the one that I would absolutely say you are not allowed to be anywhere near Twitter. would be Twitter. Yeah, for sure. And how do you attract the younger generation when the parents refuse to let their kids onto the platform? And if you are a parent, you cannot let your kids be on Twitter. I can say that confidently because there is so much porn oh. on Twitter, unfiltered porn everywhere. Yes. If you're a parent, you cannot allow your children to be on Twitter. And that sucks. Agreed. Because they want to have ideas. And yet the premise of it makes sense to me. But they are so far from being mainstream. You know, I have to wonder now that we're talking about this, I have to wonder what the what the slice of the monetization pie porn brings into Twitter Hmm. because whenever there's any issue no one goes here generally but frankly it's the best thing to go to is follow the money Hmm. once you follow the money then you know where people are 
you know what what people are doing, right? If you two hundred million dollars goes here, clearly you're paying for something. Something's happening. I don't think I've ever seen statistics on how much money Twitter makes off the porn world in Twitter. And if that was a significant slice of the pie from a monetization standpoint, then you'd have everything you need to know about why they're not doing anything about it. It's very clear. And a quick question then. I'm not sure. I don't know the answer to this. Is there porn on Mark Zuckerberg's threads? I wouldn't know. I don't know either. I don't know. Maybe something to look into. I have heard of porn on Facebook that are that is an issue, but Facebook is generally pretty good within your network, your community of who you're connected to, that it doesn't surface randomly. Twitter, don't give two fucks about who you are. Yeah, and right? porn and Facebook, if there is, it's hidden behind private groups. Yes. And different types of security walls. Yes, that's right. It's not click a picture and all of a sudden, boom. Yeah, I got a new follower today. Click on it. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't happen like that. So something to consider. I'm hopeful for the direction of Twitter and X. I think there's a lot of work to be done. I don't think it's as polished and ready as people make it seem because people on Twitter say they love Twitter because this is where free speech is. Mm. I think they just say that because that's where their following on Twitter is and they don't want to say, don't go to Twitter because it sucks because that's where their base is. You know? So I think with a grain of salt. For, there's a lot of listeners out there who've lasted this long. Let us know in the comments below. Join us in dis- Discord. Check out f- uh, freethinkermovement.com. Let us know your opinions on Twitter and Elon Musk. I think Matt and I relatively agree that Twitter, it's fascinating that it's been around for so fucking long yeah. and it's still this It's still this bad. Like, can you get your shit together? Come on, come on, Elon. Like, you can make this happen. Even Reddit has a not safe for work Yes, mm-hmm. and and you have to click multiple times through verification systems to make sure that you can access it. Twitter is the only one. It is kind of crazy. So let us know in the comments below what your thoughts are. I, I think uh, Matt has opened my eyes to this idea, and I'm I, I think I'm, what I'm going to do is after this I'm going to I'm curious. I'd be curious as to how much money porn brings into the Twitter economy because if it's a significant amount, then you have your answer. Yeah, I think we bring that up for next week. Sounds good. Thank you, buddy. Always good. Everyone, have a good week. See you next time. Thank you, everyone. I wonder. I wonder how much money they're generating. It has to be a lot. Because seriously, dude, seriously, sometimes I get DM 